Hi, I want this morning just to share a little bit about from the book of Proverbs on the subject of God's wisdom. The book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom, but God's wisdom, wisdom made available to all of us through his word and by his spirit. And while we're looking at the book of Proverbs, remember that the book of Proverbs, in a sense, is really just part of the word of God. And all of the word of God is the book of wisdom. So I'm just picking out some parts of the book of Proverbs today that I'm trusting will help you, remind you, and possibly even readjust us, some of us, or get us started in some of the things that are going to make us more wiser, and because God's wisdom is made available to all of us. And it's through His Holy Word and through His Holy Spirit. So we're going to read together, just by way of introduction, Proverbs chapter 1, and the first nine verses, and this is, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, and this is what it says, as to why he has, uh, Solomon, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, wrote these words. It says the Proverbs, in other words, truths obscurely expressed, maxims and parables of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. He tells us now why. That people may know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction, that people may know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and to discern and understand and comprehend the words of, of understanding and insight that they may receive instruction in wise dealings and discipline of wise thoughtfulness righteousness justice and integrity that prudence may be given to the simple and knowledge discretion and discernment to the youth the wise also will hear and increase in learning, and the person of understanding will acquire skill and attain to sound counsel, so that he may be able to steer his course rightly, that people may understand a proverb and a figure of speech or an enigma with its interpretation, and the words of the wise and their dark sayings or riddles. And then he says this, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge it starts points and is its essence but fools despise skillful and godly wisdom instruction and discipline he says my son hear the instruction of your father and so in a sense while Solomon is saying this to his son it's God the father speaking to us as his sons and daughters he says my son hear the instruction of your father reject not nor forsake the teachings of your mother, for they are a victor's chaplet or a garland of grace upon your head and change and pendants of gold worn by kings or rulers of leaders for your neck. Wisdom. Now, can I just say this afresh this morning? I'm a Bible man. If you listen to me preach, you hang around with me for long, you'll know that I'm a Bible man. What people say, I always test with the Word of God. I'm also a spirit man. And I know that the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and makes it alive to me, but I also know that the Holy Spirit also helps me to discern when people are not preaching the Word of God or what they're saying we should, is important is not in the Word of God. So I'm a Bible man. I'm a spirit man. I'm also a church man. I really believe that God is building the church through Jesus Christ by his spirit. And it's the church that Jesus is going to use. The only thing that I know of on earth 
that Jesus is building. It's the church that is going to actually bring in the kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit at the instruction and help of Jesus. So I'm a church man. I don't want to act independently, break away from, not be available to, and not be in submission to, accountable to. I'm a church man. But above these things, being a Bible man, being a spirit of God man, and being a church man, there's a deep desire inside of me above all this. With that included, I desire to be, to be God's man. Not to be owned by anyone else, but by God. God's man. A man of God. I've been going through the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, which is really the whole Bible in a sense. And the main theme seems to be wisdom, which is the ability to use knowledge wisely with understanding. Now, those three words are key words in this book of wisdom. And you'll find that throughout the Bible. Those three words, wisdom, the ability to use knowledge wisely. It's actually used 125 times in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom. And secondly, knowledge, which is the ability to actually distinguish or the ability to use skill, to have skill. And then there's understanding. The knowledge of the, of the Holy One is what Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 tells us. But understanding really is the ability to grasp the truth with insight and discernment. And then there are a few other words there that are important. I'm going to just mention two. We're not going to look at them much, but just that I highlight them. There's the word instruction is used pretty regularly throughout this book and discipline. So we know that Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour, has been made, as 1 Corinthians chapter 1 30, verse 30 tells us, He has become wisdom for us, or made our wisdom. We know that. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 it says, In Him, Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 it says, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, Christ has become for us wisdom from God. So, remembering that Jesus is the Word made flesh, as John 1, 14 tells us, that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld Him. So, Jesus is our wisdom, and it's through Jesus that we get God's wisdom. It's God's wisdom fleshed out through Jesus and that's what the Bible is about, all about Jesus and how he fleshed that out. It's all about Jesus, our wisdom. So God's entire word contains wisdom from cover to cover, the entire Bible fleshed out through Jesus to anyone and to everyone who will make it their priority to search for it. It's available to us. Wisdom that we need for everything in our entire lives. Our family life, marriage, ministry, dealing with people. I'll touch some of that in a little while. But just reminding you that God's Word says in Jeremiah 29 verses 11 through, through to 13. I would love to have read the whole lot. But remember this, that God says, You will seek for me and you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. 
So it's not for the curious, but it really is for those who are serious minded. You want wisdom? It's not just to tickle your fancy. You've got to be seriously minded. And Jesus said that in the parables when they, he was asked, why do you speak to these disciples, to these people in parables? And he tells them that it's really for those who are going to look hard after God. And so you could read that for yourself. Read uh, one, uh, one reference I'll give you if you take the time to read it quickly. Just a few verses, Mark chapter 4, verse nine, verses 9 through to 12. So starting to really get into this now, God's wisdom is not theoretical. <clears throat> but it's practical and it affects every single area of our lives. And it gives us order and it gives us purpose and it helps us to make good and wise decisions. I want to just read a few verses from Proverbs chapter 4, uh, just explaining what I'm meaning by that and where it comes through there. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse, just the first two verses, it says here, Hear, my sons, the instruction of a father. And pay attention in order to gain and to know intelligent discernment, comprehension, and interpretation of spiritual matters. For I give you good doctrine, what it is to be received. Do not forsake my teaching. So wisdom, all available for us, but it's there for us to make wise decisions at every level. And look at the whole of the, uh, the third uh, Proverbs chapter 3. I'm not going to read it for you, but if you're serious, as I keep saying, uh, I'm hoping I'm preaching to serious-minded people. If you're serious, you'll read that for yourself just to see that it really does mean what it says. It's there to help us make wise decisions. It's not theoretical. It's practical. And have, I say that because I'm alarmed at how quickly so many preachers have turned away from preaching good, solid, Bible-based word-based uh, preaching. They're no longer preaching the whole Bible. They just preach little parts of it. I'm, I'm alarmed at that. I'm amazed when I see it. And it's spreading so quickly. They, they no longer preach the whole Bible, but they're preaching only parts of it and the parts that people prefer to listen to, to hear. They leave out what people don't want to hear anymore. They become motivational speakers. Or some of us were positive imparters, and others just storytellers. And they're no longer preachers of the whole counsel of God, as, as Paul puts it in Acts chapter 20, verses 27 and 28. He says, I, I'm innocent of the blood of all, for I have not hesitated to preach to you the whole counsel of God. That's from Genesis to Revelation for us. It's everything that God has made available to us for wisdom, wise choices, life, death. So... Jesus, the Word made flesh, has been reduced now to Jesus, the storyteller. Heaven and hell, eternal things, are now avoided. Most preaching is for the here and now. It's all about us. So, so little about really the king and the kingdom. It's about us being happy, but not holy. It's exactly what Paul said would happen under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he repent those words to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through to 4. And I'm just going to read them to you quickly again, not from the, the uh, Amplified Bible, but from the, um, the, the, the uh, New International. He's, he wrote this, and I'll read it to you quickly. I'm just going to pick up in verse 2. 
where it says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, the Father, and Christ Jesus our, our Lord. Um, sorry, I've got the wrong reference here. Just skip that. I'm going to go to chapter 4. It says here, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, young Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, Encouraged with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So, it seems like people are just giving in and it's the fulfillment of prophecy, but we don't have to be part of it. And that's why God's given us his word and his spirit. And the spirit of God always, always, always bears witness to truth. And the word of God is truth. So when people preach parts of it and leave out the rest, it's no longer truth. You can distort the word of God and make it mean anything you want if you want to. But God won't honor that. So... Preachers seem to be unconcerned about the fact that the Bible prophesied that. The Spirit of God recorded it for us as warnings in the last days. This is what's going to happen. So let's get back to being wise. This book of Proverbs, which in a sense is a small part of, of what contains basically what's throughout the whole of the Word of God. The book of wisdom, the Bible, covers how to attain, uh, attain wisdom for our lives and our ministries. And that's important for us. Whether we're in full-time ministry, so-called, whether we're preachers, whether we garbage collectors, housewives, executives, trades guys, whatever we are, it, 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 this book will help us to attain wisdom for our lives that they may count. It also helps us to know how to interact with people in a wise way. Friendships, relationships. Now, I've got scriptures here, heaps of them, but we don't, I don't have the time to, to, to read them all out to you. But you go and look, study that book of Proverbs and make a note of some of these things. It covers speech, how to handle, what to say wisely, what to avoid, your, friend, friend, your family relationships, right down to future generation. It covers the cut type of companions we should keep, our friendships. It covers discipline. It covers dealing with anxiety. It covers health and wealth, handling problems and problem people, faith, hard work and its rewards. It covers prayer, motives, pride and humility, marriage, borrowing, standing security or surety, saving but not hoarding, justice, godly spouses, the blessing that they are, Things to avoid and embrace, dealing with temptation and, fruit and uh, faithfulness, success, guidance, generosity, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. I, I'm trying under God, by the Holy Spirit's help, with His help, to create in you a hunger again for the Word of God and the Spirit of God to be able to interpret into your life. So, what are the benefits of wisdom? Now, most of these are included in that list that I've said, I've just said. But I just want to cover a few and highlight a few things here quickly. First of all, 
few things that I feel I should highlight. It enables and equips us with skills, godly wisdom, how to enjoy the benefits and blessings of not always having to undo things we've done wrong and now regrets. And you have a look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 for yourself. In other words, wrong choices, wrong decisions, releasing the wrong people if we're in ministry, wrong people into places of influence or authority, entrusting to others wrong things, making unwise decisions and how to make wise ones. So it enables and equips us, gives us the skills, godly wisdom, that we may enjoy the benefits of not always having to undo things that we've done wrong and now regret. Secondly, we'll be shielded, protected by God, by God himself. If you look at, at, at Proverbs chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, you'll see that. You see, I want to remind you of this. God has put, like, God has put a hedge around every one of us. When we come to Christ, there's a hedge around us. Like in the book of Job, you can read that in the first chapter. Satan says to, to God the Father, you've put a hedge around him. I can't get at him. And that's true for us. Yes, he can try to attack us, but he can't get through the hedge. But we can create holes through our disobedience. And that gives Satan access to break through, not only in our own lives, but through our ministries into what we're doing. Through God's word and his spirit, he provides protection. But we need to respond and obey Him. We need to be serving God with all of our hearts, putting Him and His kingdom first in our lives, doing whatever His will is for our lives. And when we do that, we will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, as, as Psalm 91 verse 1 says, and we'll rest in the shadow, of, of, we'll dwell under the, uh, under the shadow of, of, of his, the Almighty. The whole of Psalm 91 becomes true for us when we put God first and obey Him at every level. Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 31, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're more than conquerors through Christ who love them, us, etc. All those beautiful things, as he wrote in 1 Peter, as Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1, 5, we, we're kept by the power of God, as one translation says, we're shielded by God's power through faith. Thirdly, benefits. We'll understand what is truly important in life and how to handle things well. Now, this is very closely linked with the first little thing I said here about the benefits. Proverbs 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 9 says, Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and fair dealings in every area and relation. Yes, you will under, understand every good path. That's what the Amplified Bible says. What, what, they, what they mean. And the, uh, righteousness, justice, fair dealings in every area, every relationship, and, and the good paths. We'll understand them, what they mean, what they bring, what they do for you and for others through you, how to implement them, etc. How to please God above all else. Fourthly, they give us longevity of life and of ministry. You could look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 2, verse 16. Chapter 9, verses 10 and 11, and, and right throughout the book of Proverbs, longevity of life, and that means longevity of ministry. So that even when we're in old age, we can still be bearing fruit, uh, remaining strong, and uh, our leaves not burning, we're still, the leaves will still be green, etc., etc. All those things that are promised in the Word of God. So longevity of life and ministry, serving Him. You know, our times 
are in his hands. As Psalm 31 verse 15 says, our times are in his hands. And I always just want to ask, keep asking, God, help me to be at the right place at the right time. If my times are in your hands, help me to be at the right place at the right time. See, wisdom, he will help us to use the days allotted to us wisely if we seek him and use his, his wisdom. Fifthly, not only longevity of life, but good health, the health that we need. And that's not just physical health, that is health in body, soul, and spirit. God wants us to be healthy in body, soul, and spirit. Yes, we can have attacks. Paul got attacked. Uh, Timothy was constantly uh, under physical attack. But God will give us all we need health-wise, body, soul, and spirit, when we are seeking Him, putting Him first, as we need it. But again, this comes to us when we truly are serving his purposes. You see, lots of people that don't love God seem to be physically healthy, but we're talking about physical, spiritual, body, soul, and spirit. Remember that health and holiness both come from the same root word. Health and holiness. You can't have the health that God wants for your life if you're not willing to become holy as God transforms you from one degree of glory to the next by His Spirit. And if you're not de desiring holiness, the Bible actually says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, without, without, if we, we need holiness without which no man will see God. And then also quickly, just moving on, uh, wealth. God promised us wealth. Now again, wealth is not to spend on ourselves. He is providing everything we need to serve Him. And it's as we serve Him that God keeps, the door, keeps on keeping on providing for us. First and foremost, seek Him, the eternal purposes, not for self-indulgence. God's promises remain true, and we don't have to indulge ourselves. He says in Matthew chapter 6, I would love to have read the 25, from verse 25 to 33, but I'll just take, don't worry about this and don't worry about, but he said, but seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. I often wonder, generally, genuinely, as a, as, a, as a preacher, a pastor, as a father to many uh, spiritual sons and daughters around the world, I often wonder, and as I watch preachers, whether they still honestly believe that to seek first the kingdom of God is what God really wants, and then all these other things will be added up to us. When I see how people are hoarding and doing stuff, saying things, making money, books, whatever they're doing, just trying to get money. All right, so quickly to try and close us off now. Uh, requirements. I'm just going to highlight 12 quick things. Each one I'm going to try and keep under one minute. Uh, requirements in order to receive this wisdom. And this among a number of other things. This is certainly not the full list. Remember this. Proverbs chapter 9, if you want to read the first six verses, you'll see there it's an invitation to wisdom. God's inviting us, all of us, saying, come and I'll give it to you. And then in James chapter 1, uh, in verse, verses 5 through to 8, he actually says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give generously to all. So there's an invitation, but there's also a requirement of Ask God. 
And here are the few, the 12 little things quickly. Fear God, which is the beginning of wisdom, according to one, uh, Proverbs 1, 7. And again, if you look at Proverbs 9, verse 10, in the Amplified Bible, it really comes out strongly. But nonetheless, fear God. There are at least 18 references in the book of Proverbs to fearing God. It's important. Secondly, we must be born again. Constantly, he's saying, my son, my son, my son, my son, my born again. That is, we have faith in action, living the life of Christ right now, where it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Obedience, peppered right throughout the book of Proverbs and the whole Bible. Receiving what God says is the fourth one with an open heart. Have a look at Proverbs 2, verses 1 and 2. No resentments, no reservations, no hidden agendas, no false motives, etc. Fifthly, treasure what he says. Treasure his word. Have a look at Proverbs 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 1, chapter 3, verses 10 to 18, chapter 7, verses 1 to 4, chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, and so it goes, the list goes on. Sixthly, seek after him in and through his word, and his wisdom will be with you. Don't seek wisdom without him. Seek after God. So many people want things from God without God. Seek wisdom, the wisdom God gives by seeking Him and to let Him come with the wisdom. He is our wisdom, not something separated from Him. Look at Proverbs 2, 3, and verses 3 and 4, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 21 to 24, Proverbs 8, 17, etc. Then you will gain understanding. Seventhly, take God's wisdom, His words, seriously. Proverbs 8, 32 to 36. Read it for yourself. Lean upon Him. Trust in Him. Not upon your own understanding, as Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 21 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So that's the ninth little thing. Acknowledge Him in everything. In other words, part of that means to give Him glory, all the glory, and have take none of it for yourself. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Ninthly, and tenthly, keep humble. Keep humble. Don't become wise in your own eyes, is what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 tells us. Don't become wise. Don't think you're wise. Just keep humble. God gives grace to the humble. Eleventhly, keep generous. And make generosity a high value in every area of your life. Have a look at Proverbs 3, 27 to 31. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26, Proverbs 22, verse 9. Generosity with your praise, with your finances, with your whole heart, gratitude, affirmations, whatever it may be, keep gener generosity a high value in every area of your life. And lastly, and there's so much more, but keep his word close to your heart is what... Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 27 tells you. So, come each time you, with great expectation to the Word of God. When you hear it, when you read it, when you listen to it, come with great expectations, knowing that God is faithful. And the how much more Father will give you everything you know. He, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you or to give gifts to you who ask? So may God just help us as leaders, as believers, 
followers to truly embrace God's word by his spirit and become God people. Wise and seeing what God can do when we do it his way, leaning not to our own understanding, but with his word. Father, help us. I pray for every person who hears this message. Oh God, give us a love for your word. Jesus, the, the word made flesh, expressed through the word that we call the Bible. And may the Spirit of God always empower us as we obey you. We know that that's what he will do. I ask your blessing on all your people in Jesus' name. Amen.